Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am privileged and excited to talk to a longtime Bruce Bud. We have Lisa tonight. How you doing, Lisa? I'm doing really well, Jesse. Thank you. So not often when we record, we're just doing audio. But um, Lisa has Skype, and she's got a camera, and in the background is a multitude of Bruce Springsteen photos. Yes, absolutely. Makes the the workday much more pleasant, Jesse. I bet, absolutely. Uh, Very nice. So, hey, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. So, I always like to, why don't you introduce yourself first? Sure. My name is Lisa Lesiak. I'm am a teacher in New Jersey. This is my 28th year of teaching. Um, right now, I'm coordinating the Gifted and Talented program here in a public school district in New Jersey. <laughs> you know, um, Jay Armstrong, who's on the show often, is a teacher. So yeah. always, um, so that's always a fun guest to have. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What uh, with the Gifted program? What what are you doing? What what any specific Civic courses or anything you're, you know, doing focused on? Well, we, I run the program for the entire district and it's kindergarten through eighth grade. Wow. And we develop a theme for the year and we plan all of our curriculum. We rewrite our curriculum every year around that theme. And prior to doing this, I was a language arts teacher for 14 years. So okay. it's, it's been really nice transitioning into this new field of gifted and talented. Oh, Nice. Well, that's very good. Do you throw in some Bruce um, in the, you know, curriculum? Well, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Of course, when my students come into my office, they are always amazed at all my photos and pictures and and things that I have around. So they're always asking me about my Bruce stories. Oh, well, very (laughs) nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Talk to me about growing up. Tell me, you know, uh, where you grew up, what kind of music your family listened to. Give me your musical secret origin. Sure. Well, I was born and raised here in New Jersey, so I'm a true Jersey girl. And I remember that growing up, uh, there was always a lot of music in our house. Uh, my parents had one of these big Victrolas. Like it was like a huge piece of furniture in our living room. Right. And I always remember all of this music playing. My parents loved Neil Diamond and they loved Barbra Streisand. Frank Sinatra, and I remember my dad particularly loved the Bee Gees, so I would hear the Bee Gees a lot. Okay. Uh, my brother was two years younger than me, and he was a true music fan. He always had, when he was in high school, he had hundreds of CDs, and he liked all different kinds of music, and he would he would alphabetize all of his CDs, so he always knew if one of us had borrowed one of the CDs, because he was just crazy about his music. So... I myself, I loved Journey, I loved Billy Joel, Styx, Jackson Brown, Bon Jovi, and I was introduced to Bruce in 1980, which went when I was in ninth grade in high school. Okay. So I feel like I've come full circle with the river in 1980, and here we are again back to the river this year. So that would mean you graduated in 84? Yes, I did. Okay, so at the 
to some would argue, the peak of Bruce's popularity. <laughs> uh, you're graduating high school. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, how did you find Bruce? Well, a friend of mine had an older sister who was obsessed with Bruce, and that's how I was first introduced um, to his music in 1980. Uh-huh. And so how did that happen? What, what Did she just... Like, oh, you've got to listen to this guy, or they just, as you were hanging out, the music was playing. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. The music was playing, and I really, you know, I knew a few songs, but it was really after that and after going to my first concert, and my obsession seemed to grow over the years as I went to more and more concerts and just became really immersed in all the music. And it's just been um, a journey for me. And I think for me this year, it's just all come full circle. I absolutely loved the Jersey shows this year. I had the privilege of going to eight uh, concerts this year. And I thought the Jersey shows, those three were the best I've attended. I just thought that Bruce came home. He celebrated the crowd. He, um, you know, he called out to the crowd, Jersey, my people. And we felt like he was back. I had really been missing him for those few years that he was out on the road doing all those European tours. And we were just waiting for him to come home. And I just felt like um, those Jersey shows, in my opinion, were the, the very, very best. Those four hour shows were unbelievable. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. But I want to go back a little bit. Sure. How many times have you seen him live total? So many, Jesse. So okay, many. so you've lost count? <laughs> No, I haven't lost count. I know exactly how many. This this last Jersey show was my 118th concert. Very nice. Yes. Yeah, and I always have to put my disclaimer. Yes. The amount of shows you've seen is not an accurate barometer of how big of a fan you are. Okay. Uh, because circumstances can dictate and change, um, you know, the circumstances of you seeing him. Yes, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So was it in the 80, 81, was the first time you saw him live? 1980, yes. Yeah, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so let's talk about, had you, you saw eight on this tour. So yes. you did the three uh, Metropolitan Stadium things. Yep. Where were the other five? Oh, I went to the Barclays, Prudential Center, MSG twice, and Maryland. Okay. What did you think of the River Tour before he went to Europe and came back and kind of changed everything up? What What did you think of the shows where he was doing the River completely? I really love the River. I mean, I really do. I love a lot of the songs on the River. Those shows, I just think for me, just some of the people that I met at the shows were so amazing, and that just adds to the whole experience. And Absolutely. I know. I listened to um, your podcast with Jeannie Fino a couple weeks ago, and Jeannie and I happened to meet at the book signing, and she talked about the community. And really, for me, one of the MSG uh, shows, as a matter of fact, this couple from Ireland was sitting next to me, and they noticed my shirt because I, I've made a lot of my own shirts to go to the shows with that I have Bruce and she noticed my shirt and she said by the way would you mind if I asked how much you paid for your tickets for these seats and they were really nice seats and I said oh you know what I got these pretty easily they were about $200 and she said well we paid $1,200 each for our tickets because they always wanted to come to America to see Bruce and we had this fabulous time and we shared stories and we just sang together and at the end of the night she said I feel like I've experienced this with the super fan so now all my friends are calling me the super fan that's, <laughs> that's my hashtag the super fan 
But it was just such a great point. And just each each experience, it's the people that you meet and it's this community, the energy that's at the concert. It's, you know, people that haven't experienced it don't quite understand why we keep going back for more. But it's, you know, it's like a drug. You got to like I have to be there to understand just what it does, how uplifting it is and the energy that's created there. You know, Lisa, I totally agree with you. Um Obviously, I do a podcast about him and his music. Um, It is, um, you know, at times my wife doesn't understand, you know, she especially didn't understand the river. She said, you know, you're seeing the same show, really. (laughs) And and I said, well, it's like rereading a book you love. And also each time I saw him and I ended up seeing four times Mm -hmm. um, before they went to Europe. I said each of them I got a little bit different and right. and the songs that I didn't care for at the beginning of the tour I still didn't care they didn't change my mind but there were songs that I was kind of on the fence about didn't have a passionate feeling one way or another that um I ended up loving so I liked that repetition I I really liked it yeah um We've talked a lot about my guest, and so I'd like to know your thoughts, and please expand, as you would tell one of your, your students, right? Um, I feel like this the E Street Band are feeling their age, and not because they're old, but because they realize their time to play together is limited, that mm-hmm. there's less room, you know, there's less room in front of them than there is behind them. Right. And they seem to be taking a lot of joy in each show. Yes. How do you feel about that? I felt the joy. I felt it coming right at us. I mean, I, I really, um, as I said, I feel energized when I go to these concerts. And just as you mentioned, many people have said to me, you're going back again. You've seen eight this year. And every time it's a little bit different. But that joy, and I just felt Bruce was just like, I thought he was in his prime those last three shows. I really did. He just was celebrating being home and the excitement. And I think you had said on one of your podcasts, you kind of felt full at the end of the night because you had heard, you know, everything you could possibly hear. And I think the crowd, like, was getting a little tired even after the four hours. But Bruce was like, he had the energy that was so unbelievable to me. I mean, I just stand up there and go, wow, this guy's like 60-something years old and he's still doing it and better than ever, I think. Yeah, there was uh, – I went to a poker gang Friday night with some of my friends, and one of my close friends always jokes about um, – so after he did Dancing in the Dark, Glory Days and Santa Claus is Coming <laughs> to Town, what else did he do? You know, and um, she – and, and, and I, you know, they were talking about four hours, and I said – and one – someone else said, what – even if he was a DJ playing one song after another, after four hours, like I need a break. Um, and right. I, my friend Sam talked about it and I don't know if you've gone back, but my son, Chris went to Oklahoma city for his first show. And he said, one of the things that struck him is the song finishes and Bruce goes, counts down the next song. There's no tuning the guitars. There's no strumming. There's no, I mean, he's, he, you know, as he said, you better be ready because he's going to yeah. move. Um, so they pack a lot of information in those hours. 
Yes, we do. All right, so I'm going to make you uh, Sophie's Choice. Of the three <laughs> in Jersey, do you have a favorite? Gosh, I just loved them all. I loved them all. It's uh, just hard. Everyone's just such a great experience. I did love the last night. I yeah. really did love the last night. I just felt like it just, and you know, I was getting ready to go back to school, and it was just a perfect end to the summer. Yeah. Uh, just being there, you know, at the tail end of August, and we were going back to school two days later, and I just felt like I had an unbelievable um joy and I was ready to go back and I thought you know what this year has been so phenomenal for me in so many ways that I was really grateful I felt very blessed you know Lisa I um Chris and I went on the 25th and Mm -hmm. so after the 23rd happened and it was so amazing right you know I was kind of like man did did I pick the wrong show to go to you know did did I you know did are we gonna you know, kind of a sophomore slump. Is he going to be a little less? And yeah, it wasn't. It, it was yeah. absolutely amazing. And I liked the middle show. Um, yeah. Got, you know, um, Jack of All Trades with the string and Tom Morella and Tougher Than the Rest and, and a nice mixture of songs. And, you know, and the third song is more of a classic you know, because he played so much from the early albums, and they don't have a significance to me. I don't hate them, but they just don't, you know, they're just, they're songs, and I appreciate it. And so I I was like, I'm glad. And you're right, I did for the first time ever, this was my 14th show, I believe, 14th or 15th, I said, I'm done. Now, if Mm -hmm. he played another song, I would have been happy, but I, I didn't have that, you know, when the couple got engaged on stage and he does jersey girl and the fireworks go i went that was a perfect night yeah and i'm i'm satisfied i'm happy right and i'm so glad that you mentioned um some of the songs that you mentioned jack of all trades i i love that song so much and i think it's so underappreciated yes i loved it right from the beginning and i I just think it you know the whole the whole um lyric of the song kind of figuring out the story of the song um so i just love hearing that live yeah i did too and i thought with the strings was amazing Absolutely. And, and it is a beautiful song and and it has so much depth to it i i'm a big fan of wrecking ball i think that mm-hmm. you know especially considering you know i it, a lot of people love magic as a modern masterpiece and but you know wrecking ball in you know, he wanted to say something. And as he talked about in his book, that he was a little surprised that there wasn't a little more acceptance of it, you know, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're you going to plead the fifth and say all three of them were equal, right? I, I mean, I do. I like some of the older stuff. I do prefer a lot of stuff from like 2003 on. I yeah. mean, I like I like the Wrecking Ball. I liked the High Hopes tour. I love Magic. I loved working on a dream. I mean, yeah. I, that's my ringtone on my phone. Working on a dream. <laughs> so I just, you know, I love I love all the music. It's it's really hard for me to say there's anything that I don't like because right. I've been for such a long time you know one of the things that i talked about and we've discussed this a couple of times when i've had people on is i would be happy with the show 
that was Tunnel of Love forward. He did mm-hmm. nothing before Tunnel of Love. And I realize you're missing some great songs on that. But I said, boy, look at the obscure and kind of rarities we get. And a guy on the podcast and I'd be perfectly happy with Born to Run and Back and nothing past Born to Run <laughs> or Darkness. I said Darkness. So, uh, yeah, I get that. Um, so talk to me maybe – tell me about – Going to see him at the book show, uh, you know, at the bookstore. How how did that happen? And can I back up to sure. my um, story of Ocean Grove? I think yes. that the bookstore kind of ends uh, my okay. fantastic year that I've had. Yes, please share with me your Springsteen year. Okay, absolutely. Well, I'll go back to the first time I met Bruce was in November of 2007. Okay. And I happened to be down in Ocean Grove for the weekend with a few of my friends. And it was just one of these rare circumstances. I was at the right place at the right time. And I'm down the shore all the time. I live an hour from the shore. I spend a lot of days down at the shore. Um, And I was down there with a few of my friends. We were walking on the boardwalk, and we were commenting that convention hall was only a few feet away from us. And as we're walking, we're talking about concerts and Bruce. Could he be here? Where could he be? And we were kind of joking around. And we noticed that there was a bonfire going on on the beach more towards the Ocean Grove side. Okay. So we said, let's go check it out. We were wondering at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday why this uh, bonfire was going on. So as we headed over, I suddenly recognized the melody to Girls in Their Summer Clothes. And I started sprinting. I was sprinting over to that bonfire, and there we found Bruce standing on the beach playing his guitar with maybe 15 people there watching. And he was making the video for Girls in Their Summer Clothes. That is awesome. It was totally unexpected. So many times I've been down the shore and thought, wow, I wonder if Bruce is down here. You know, will I see him? Because I'm, you know, down near Asbury. But there he was standing on the beach, and we just were completely in awe. And we were, thank goodness, I had my real camera. And I was taking pictures, and we were chatting. And like I said, it was such a small group. It was like an intimate concert. And Bruce was making jokes, and he was, and it was freezing cold that day. And he was making jokes saying, my real fans would take off their coats right now. And he was joking with the crowd. And it was amazing. So shortly after that, one of the police officers came over, and he said, Bruce will be making his way back to his bus. And he did say he would sign any autographs if anybody's interested. So I was the very first person standing right in front of the door of the bus, and I couldn't wait to finally see him. I couldn't wait to say what I needed to say. And as Bruce came over to the bus, I literally, Jesse, I was inches from him. I could count the earrings on his ear, and I don't know what came over me, but I went completely and totally starstruck. And I'm not a person that's usually at a loss for words, but I was starstruck. And I couldn't say a thing. And all I could remember is people were passing things over me to get signed. And my friends were nudging me and saying, say something, say something. And I couldn't say anything. But I had just been at Giant Stadium a few weeks before for the Magic Tour. And and all I could think of was to say to him, I was just at your concert a few weeks ago. That's all I could think of. (laughs) And he said, lot of fun, lot of fun. And I still was so starstruck. And we walked away, and I was very regretful. I said, I just completely blew it. I will never see Bruce Springsteen again. I just completely blew it. And that night, I was so regretful that I said to my one friend, Anne-Marie, I said, I bet you he's still there. Let's go walk back up to the beach. 
And we did do that. And Bruce was sitting in his bus and he was eating dinner and playing his guitar. And we could see the news on. And I guess I was just so nervous and scared to ask the police officer to go over. But Anne-Marie was a little bit bolder. And she said, can I get a a signature on this uh, Asbury Park map? And the police officer, yes, I'll get that for you. And Bruce came out and she got the signature. And that was the end of the night. And I, for so long, regretted that I lost my opportunity. (laughs) I wound up writing this article, and um, I I titled it Among the Memories of the Jersey Shore with a subtitle, What I Should Have Said to Bruce Springsteen. And I tried to get it published for a long time. And after Hurricane Sandy um, in 2012, I again tried to get it published. It was online a few times, but it never made it into a printed newspaper. And I just felt like this could be my one way that I could get Bruce the message of what I really wanted to say. Because in this article, I said what I should have said was thank you for the gift of your music. Thank you for inspiring me and so many others. I had been going through an especially challenging time in my life during this time. And I felt that that concert at Giant Stadium was so uplifting to me. It really changed something in me. The song selections that night, I absolutely love the rising. When I hear the rising, it just, it stirs something inside of me and makes me feel like I could conquer the world. And just that night was really something special for me. And I wanted to be able to express that to him. And I didn't. So um, as a matter of fact, I mentioned uh, Hurricane Sandy. I was supposed to go to Penn State Um, in November that year of 2012 to see Bruce and I just was looking at my scrapbooks before talking to you and I had my ticket stub in there and I put the subtitle on there of um, Sandy kept us from Bruce (laughs) because I couldn't get there to see him because of all of the destruction we had here in New Jersey unfortunately right but anyway going back to the article I carried that article around with me many times when I was down the shore it would be in my glove box of my car I always had it around. Every time I went to a concert, I had it in my back pocket, and I made T-shirts for myself with the photos that I had taken that day. And I thought, someday I'll be at a concert, and somebody's going to see me and say, we need to get you to talk to Bruce. I had, like, subtitles on the shirt that would say, it was magic for a Jersey girl, or, you know, I met Bruce at the beach. And for all these years, this went on, and, you know, nothing really became of it. But I always thought, some way, somehow, I'm going to get this message to Bruce. And I didn't really know how. So, um, this year, the Barclays were hosting Bruce for the first time. And they wanted to make a little book for him as a little memento. And I found out from one of my fellow concert goers from school. We have a group of teachers here at school that all go together. And my friend Jamie said, I just got an email. The Barclays Center is asking fans who've had um, any interesting, uh, you know, interactions with Bruce to send in their memories with a photo. And she encouraged me to do that because she knew my whole story. I have the article posted up here in my office. I share my story with everybody that will listen. And I wound up sending my article into the Barclays. And I did get a receipt saying they had received it. But for a month had passed by and I didn't hear anything. And I was going to the concert at the Barclays in New York. So one day Jamie comes into my office. I think it was like April, the end of April, um, close to the time of the concert. And she said, You'll, you're never going to believe this. And I couldn't imagine what she
Yeah, it was my friend Jamie. It was Jamie. Jamie. And she walked in and she said, you're never going to believe what happened. And I said, um, and I couldn't imagine what she was going to say. And she said that you have been published in the book that is being given to Bruce at the Barclay Center. And Jesse, I think the entire school heard us screaming, jumping. We were (laughs) crazy. I mean, students were in the back of the library. My office happens to be in the library. They were in the back of the library. They couldn't imagine what happened. I mean, everybody was so excited for me. They knew that all of this time, you know, that I have been wanting so badly to get this message to Bruce. And now I was going to be in this book. So it was truly a highlight. I I can't even explain to you how excited I was. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And um, so that book was given to Bruce and I kind of felt at rest. I felt like, wow, this is great. Finally, he he knows what I really wanted to say. And he has my article. So I felt really good about that. But when I heard about the book signings, I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to get to this book signing. I have to see him in person. And I, you know, I'm a teacher. It's very hard to get tickets during the day. So I had um, I had text one of my friends to find out about getting tickets. And coincidentally, I didn't tell you this other little part of the story. When uh, there in Ocean Grove, after the fact, a lot of people had been sharing pictures and things. And at that time, I wasn't on Facebook and I really wasn't into social media. But I had been down in one of the bookstores in Ocean Grove a couple years after this. And I had come across uh, a book, a rock and roll tour of the Jersey Shore. And I saw that it was authored by Stan Goldstein. And when I turned over the book, on the back was a picture that was very similar to the picture I had taken of Bruce down in Ocean Grove. So I immediately wrote to Stan, got his email address, wrote to him, and I said, you must have been there. I was there we, you know, to share stories. And, and Stan and I have become friends. I've taken the tour, and I think it's fabulous. He's a great historian. He knows all the Bruce facts. And, um, and I've taken the tour of, of the Jersey Shore with him, and he's told us many wonderful stories about Bruce and his songs and his writing. So anyway, on the day of the book signing, just connecting. Hang on. Let me give my plug. Um, Stan has already been on the podcast talking about the book signings. I listened to it. But in a couple weeks, he we've already recorded him doing his Bruce story and about how the tour started. So, yes, Um, I I tell everyone the tour is absolutely amazing. If you have a chance, you should go. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. And I know Stan will appreciate that, but it's fabulous. And I've recommended it to so many, um, so many people as well. So going back to the to trying to get the tickets for the book signing, I text Stan that day and I said, Stan, how do I get these tickets? I've got to be there. I've got to be there. And he knows my passion for Bruce. And he said to me, Lisa, I have an extra ticket and it's yours if you want it. So, Jesse, I was through the roof. I just I couldn't believe it that now not only did my article get published in the book, now I was actually going to see Bruce in person and I had a chance. I was going to be redeemed. I was going to be able to say something in those six or eight seconds, uh, but I was going to be able to see him face to face. So I did go to the book signing in New York, uh, September 28th. And I wore my shirt that said it was magic for a Jersey girl. And I had my big picture of Bruce there with his guitar, um, making the girls in their summer clothes video. And I just, with anticipation, walked up. He gave me a big hug. And I just, I looked at him and I said, I'm a Jersey girl, 118 concerts. And he said, very impressive. And, uh, and we just looked at each other for a minute and I said, thank you, Bruce. Thank you. And I think he knew exactly what I meant. And he looked at my shirt. 
and he pointed at it, and I think for a brief moment, he probably recognized the picture from being in the Barclay books, and, um, and I just said, and this was the first time I met you, Ocean Grove, 2007, and he just kind of smiled, and, and then, I, then my, my moment was over, but I'll tell you, I just really felt like it was just, everything had just come full circle, and I felt really satisfied with the end result. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I felt extremely grateful. I got to see him in person. I got to stand next to him, and it was just really a dream come true. It was just an absolute dream come true for me. That is such a great story. You know, you had emailed me and talked about it, and uh, if you want, I would love to post the article on the Set Lusting Bruce Facebook page so people can read it because oh, I, I think that would be awesome. So Thank you so much. I would absolutely be honored to do so. Thank oh, you. I appreciate it. Oh, that is so cool. So, I, you know, it's not often you get a chance to kind of correct. You know, you always go a second chance, right? You're like, right. <laughs> dang it, I should have done this. And uh, so to get that opportunity, um, that's that's wonderful. That's such that's cool. It was really amazing because never did I think that lightning would strike twice. I thought I had my chance. I completely blew it. I was standing yeah. inches from Bruce, and here it was, you know, um, nine years later. And and I had the opportunity to actually share my thoughts and then to just be that close to him again. It just felt so great. And I, and I just really feel very, very grateful and blessed that I did have that. And um, what, I, what I shared on Facebook was just I felt redeemed. I really felt That's redeemed. That's awesome. To, to share that with them. So, uh, language arts. Uh, what do you want to put on your little language arts hats? What do you think of the book? I haven't finished the book yet. I have okay. to be honest. I've been reading a lot of articles. I've been, um, and everybody that sees an article or anything in a newspaper brings it to me. Sure. My family and my friends are always passing it on. But um, mentioning language arts, if you don't mind, I'd like to just mention to you that one of the things that really has always inspired me about Bruce is um, his writing, of course, but also that I've always been very, very interested in writing. And from when I was very young, I'd collect quotes and I would collect uh, and I would write poems. And, and, you know, Bruce's music, as we all know, it's poetry. And it I just listen to the words, look at the words and try to figure out the backstory. And one of the um, things I loved is when he was on Storytellers, when he did the VH1 Storytellers, and he just broke down some of the songs and explained the meaning. And that to me is always so interesting because I just believe that words have such power and, and they can have such an impact. And I have really always um, just admired his writing. And I think the reason that I love language arts so much is because of the, the magic of words. And I think that's, you know, a connection that I might have to him in that way. You know, um, Jay Armstrong talks about stories with that same reverence and how mm -hmm. he thinks it's so important. And, and um, I have loved every episode of this and I've loved meeting, but I will tell you the discussion we had on Thunder Road is truly one of the best episodes that I think we had, and it and it I was really proud of it. That mm -hmm. you know, and I've actually reached out to a couple of people who aren't Bruce fans, but are creative, and I said I really think you'll enjoy this as we discuss the imagery, and 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 if you treat Thunder Road as a 
in a lot of ways connecting to the road not taken. And yeah. so I, am, I I was amazed at how well Jay did that. So I agree with you. I think there one of the things that if I had enough time and I thought about doing this is um, I don't blog the way I should. I would like to blog more. And I my idea of blogging is to take a phrase, you know, someday we'll look at this and it'll all seem funny, and then right. write, you know, uh, three or four paragraphs about that line. Right. And um, and I just haven't made myself the time yet. So I, that's still in my mind I want to do that. So I, I absolutely know what you're saying. Yes. That would be cool. I love that. Yeah, I love just taking, looking at some of the lines and just trying to, and I, I relate so much to so many of them. And going through hard times, I just think so many of Bruce's songs are so spiritual, and you can take some of these lines and they just lift you up. You know, it's like working on a dream, trying to make it real, and, and so many songs that are so inspirational for me personally, um, and I know for so many others as well. Yeah, um I have shared this story before, and so I apologize for repeating it, listeners. But, you know, I thought a lot about what would I say in my six seconds. And and I'd be very tempted to talk about the podcast and how much joy it has given me and how much I've loved meeting people both in person and online. But I truly think it would be that, you know, in 2015, I spent nine months unemployed and mm-hmm. I listen to Better Days and Land of Hope and Dreams almost every day. And That's for good. those two songs, Bruce, thank you. Thank yeah. you for that, giving me that inspiration, that courage. So That's fantastic. I feel yeah. the same way. So many songs. I mean, I absolutely love The Rising, as I mentioned. I think The Rising, for me, um, just is so significant in so many ways. But for me personally... Um, it does something to me. It makes me feel like I can conquer the next feat. And just watching, I can remember in 2009, the Kennedy Center Honors, I remember watching um, a tape of that and seeing Sting perform it with the um, choir behind him and watch. just looking at Bruce watching so humbly as Sting performs yeah. this. And then you see Patty stand up and you see the Obama stand up and it, it, it's just like unbelievable. Yeah. And the whole the whole experience of that song to me, every time I hear it, it just stirs something in me that I can't explain. And oddly, mm-hmm. it is the only song he has played at all 15 of my shows. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so uh, Doris, um, uh, who's been on the podcast, said, I think that's a blessing you get. That that yeah. means something, Jesse, that I – I think that too. I also think it has something to do with I didn't see him till the Rising tour, and it's right. just a favorite song to do live. But it is kind of cool that he does it every show I go. I've attended. That's interesting. That's interesting. I I just find that so many are so spiritual, and me personally, I connect to that. My faith is very important to me. Right. Another favorite of mine is My City of Ruins. Uh, that song for me is just really special. Um, you know, he says, "Now with these hands I pray, Lord. With these hands I pray for the strength, Lord." And and I just think of those words over and over again when I'm going through tough times. And I love hearing that song. I love when I when Eddie Vedder does it as well. And yeah. um, so many, uh, so many of Bruce's songs have been really significant in my life for different reasons. Yeah, um, I actually created a playlist of Bruce songs that when I was going for a job interview during that time, 
that mm-hmm. I would listen to them. Um, this is your sword from High Hopes is a song that I really feel, you know, is I think is a sermon. I think it is a spiritual song um, that you know, and and of course, Land and Hope and Veins, where faith will be rewarded. Exactly. exactly. And, and I believe that, um, you know, the Church of Bruce is there and it it's it's something pretty special yes absolutely i agree with you jesse so many and and just the inspiration that you draw from the experience of going to a concert yes i think you just take you take that away with you and even now just looking back at the scrapbooks i i make scrapbooks of all my concerts with people that i meet i have my ticket stubs any articles that appear in newspapers um i put them in there i i collect um, anything you can imagine, photos, articles, and so on. And I, put, and I journal in them as well about different experiences at various concerts. And looking back at them today and seeing, you know, Devils and Dust or, you know, the solo tours or whatever it was, it brought back a specific image for me of something that happened there or a person that I met or a story that was told. It's this community that's formed and even at the book signing, like sharing stories with people about, you know, and actually Jeannie, who you interviewed, she said, I recognize you. I've seen that shirt that you have on. I've seen that shirt with that picture of Bruce and Ocean Grove. I think we stood next to each other at a concert once. So it's just kind of interesting how, you know, the diehard fans were all connected in a certain way. So We, we are. And there is this community and um, it, it and and I'm sure. There are other fandoms that are just as passionate, and sure. but it just seems like there's something a little bit special and unique about Bruce fans yeah. and that love we have for each other. And and mm-hmm. 99% of them truly, you know, I'm thrilled you got to go to a book signing. I am not bitter that I didn't get to uh, – well, I'm a little bitter that he didn't come to Texas. But I say that with humor. I'm not really bitter. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad. And, right. and, I'm, and I'm glad to hear that, like, um, you know, I, I hear stories from people. And, like, Richard Hunter on his podcast talked about he felt like that Bruce worked really hard – to connect with everyone that was there for that few seconds. Oh, I agree. I and, agree 100%. And I guess in a recent interview, right, he talked about how it was really special to him because he knew he got to talk to them and hear them and see them. So I think that's amazing. It is. It's yes. Really- All right. So, Lisa, next tour, are there any songs you're chasing? Are there any songs you haven't heard or you've heard very few times live that you'd love to hear? Well, I have certain favorites. You know, I definitely have certain favorites. I just I just love Glory Days. I love Glory Days from years ago, and I love hearing that. And I was so glad I got to hear that, you know, at the Jersey show. I love One Step Up. I think that song has such a deep and powerful meaning. I love Stolen Car. I love She's the One. Um you know, and then all the fun ones, too. I'm a rocker and and, yeah. you know, all the other ones that he does. But one song that I just I can remember back. It was Atlantic City 2006 and he did Freehold. And oh, how cool. And that was just so amazing to me because, when, you know, when you break down that song and you learn so much about his life and his growing yeah. up, and, you know, his experiences. And I just thought that song was really cool. But 
I don't know. I, I would like to hear. I love She's the One. I think that's a fantastic song. I would love to hear One Step Up live again. So um, I've shared this before, but, you know, in the Houston show in mm-hmm. 2000, um, I guess, 14, you know, he they had a sign request and, you know, they said, has it been played with the full band? And I was there that night and oh. it was truly amazing to see him do that live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so well done. Um, yeah, that's a good choice. That's that's mm-hmm. a great choice. Um, mm-hmm. And I've only heard Glory Days a couple of times because he doesn't normally play it. I mean, he plays right. Dancing right. in the Dark, right. and that's kind of gotten to be his hit that mm-hmm. he plays kind of in the encore. And um, so I was really happy uh, when I have seen him uh, in Dallas, he played it for the free show. He played Dancing in the Dark and Glory Days, and it was good to see it. And I agree with you. Um, I think it's just all the snooty Bruce fans can, you know, put their nose up and go, oh, I want to hear Incident on, you know, instead. I'm I'm saying I love Incident too, but there is something about Glory Days that is just, it makes me smile every time yeah. I hear it on the radio. Yes, I agree too. Yes. Oh, this was wonderful, Lisa. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Um waited so much i appreciate your time oh no that's great any final thoughts you want to share um no i can't think of anything else i'm just really grateful for having had this opportunity to speak with you and share my story and it's just been a great year oh it has been you have done great if someone wants to reach you how could they are you on twitter i am i'm on twitter and instagram i'm jersey girl zero two zero four and i'm also on facebook okay uh, all right, I will put that on the list. Um, I appreciate it. Hang tight while I do a little business. If you want to be on the podcast and share your Springsteen story, I am always looking for people. Send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at setlustingbruce. My personal Twitter is at Jesse Jackson DFW. And so please reach out to us. Tell us we want to hear your Bruce story. Uh, Go to iTunes, rate and review us. It's how people find us. Um, I'm going to end, Lisa, with the hurricane blows, brings the hard rain. When the blue sky breaks, it feels like the world's going to change. We'll start caring for each other like Jesus said that we might. I'm a jack of all trades, and we'll be all right. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Lisa. I'm standing in the backyard listening. There's a party inside Tonight I'm drinking in the forgiveness This life provides The scars we carry remain But the pain slips away it seems Oh, won't you, baby, be in my book of dreams It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.